This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Nathan Hirsch. He's an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He is the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, digital marketing, and much more. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. My pleasure. So uh, tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to uh, where you are now? Yeah, it's funny. So growing up, my parents were both teachers. So I kind of grew up with the mentality that I would go to school, get a real job, work for 30 years, retire, and that was going to be my life. And that's what my parents did. They're retired now. They're traveling the world. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But I always just wanted something more. I mean, my parents always used to make me work these 40, 50 hour a week, summer jobs, summer internships. My friends were outside playing and I learned a ton about marketing and sales and customer service at a young age. But I also learned how much I just hated working for other people. I was always watching the clock. I couldn't wait to leave. And when I got to college, I kind of looked at it as a ticking clock. I had four years to start my own business or I was going to go get a real job and work forever and and not be able to get out of that. So I started hustling. I created a a textbook business. I took that summer money. I, I would buy people's textbooks at the end of the semester, hold on to them till the beginning of next semester, resell them, competing with my school bookstore because they were ripping people off. And I created a referral program. Before I knew it, I had lines out the door of people trying to sell me their books to the point where I actually got a cease and desist letter from my college telling me to knock it off because I was stealing too much of their business. So that was my first glimpse into being an entrepreneur. And I didn't want to get kicked out of college. My parents were teachers. I wouldn't have flown. So I started pivoting. I had sold some books on Amazon. This was back in 2008, 2009, Amazon was kind of this big bookstore. No one really knew what what Amazon was. And I always, I I started trying with uh, sport equipment, video games, computers, and just typical college guy stuff. And I just failed over and over and over. The only thing I could get to sell were these books. And it wasn't until I branched out of my comfort zone and found the baby product industry that my business really took off. So if you can imagine me as a 20 year old single college guy dropshipping baby products on Amazon, that was me. And this business blew up to the point where I'm making a good amount of money. My parents tell me I should probably start paying taxes. So I meet with an accountant. And one of the first questions he asked me is, when are you gonna hire your first person? And I kind of shrugged him off. Like, why would you do that? That's money out of my pocket. You're gonna steal my ideas. They're, They're gonna hurt my business pretty standard entrepreneurial excuses. And he just laughed in my face and he said, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Well, sure enough, my first busy season comes around the fourth quarter and I just get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. My social life plummets, my grades go down. I'm answering every email, filling every order myself. And I work my butt off to get to January. And when I get there, I think to myself, man, I I can never let that happen again. I need to start hiring people. So I don't know anything about hiring. I'm 20. I post a job on Facebook. 
this guy in my business law class messages me and he says, hey, I need a job. I say, I, hey, I, I, you're hired. I didn't even interview him. I just hired him on the spot. And he's been my business partner for eight plus years. So I hit the jackpot right from the beginning. He was hardworking, he was smart, he freed up my time. And there I am as this punk 20 year old thinking, man, this hiring thing is easy. You post a job on Facebook, someone shows up, you make more money. And I just proceed to make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire, quickly giving up hiring people in person, turning the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers, and I made some okay hires. I have some people that are still with me today that are great, but it was just such a process to post a job, get 50 applicants, interview them one, one by one. If you do find someone you like and they quit on you, you start that process all over again. And I kept looking for something faster. And, and that's when I had the idea to build my own marketplace free up where we vet people before they get on. We take the top 1%, let them in. We match people up. So people put in a request instead of having to browse and we fill it and have great 24 seven support in case people run into issues and a, a no turnover guarantee where if people quit, we cover replacement costs and get them a new person right away. So that's a, the story of how I went from a broke college kid to selling books, to selling baby products, to eventually starting my own marketplace. Nice. And uh, I think it's like a mindset. Um, obviously, you went to college. I went to college as well. But I think uh, if I s skipped those four years and kind of hustled or did kind of a, the entrepreneur thing during that time, in, in a way, I could have been further. I mean, obviously, college facilitated your um, your kind of uh, entrepreneurship with the you know the flipping of the uh, the textbooks. But um, I think there's a lot to say about kind of learning on the fly and basically in the fire as well, like you were saying. Exactly. I mean, I have this college degree. It's right behind me. I've never <laughs> never used it, um, but I kind of looked at it as a, I was young. It was a time to take risks. If those risks didn't work out, I could always go out and get a real job and have that degree in my back pocket. But kind of like what you said, I mean, I wouldn't trade those four years for anything. I have lifelong friends. I, I, I learned a lot about myself, about life, about just running an entrepreneurship, run, running a business while studying entrepreneurship. So it was an interesting time. Did I get an ROI on my college degree? Probably not, but, but there's a lot of other factors as well. Yeah, I agree. My, uh, my my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice. I've never used a uh, a day of it other than my internship in uh, at the Secret Service. But um, everything else was in the digital marketing field. I mean, there's a lot of people like that. But like you said, that experience teaches you a lot as well. You make great connections and it's kind of like a part of life. So, you know, it's not necessarily for everyone, but if you can make it work and you still have that kind of entrepreneurial drive, you uh, can do both things. Yeah, absolutely. So what motivates you to succeed? It's a great question. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't really care what other people think about me. I, I'm very much trying to build something. I feel like with Amazon, it kind of got old for me. I mean, I built it up. It was good. It was making money, but I wasn't really helping anyone. It was just kind of helping my bank account, helping my manufacturers, helping the, the small team that I had. With, with FreeUp, I, I get to wake up every day and help other entrepreneurs achieve their dream. And, and they depend on the platform to get access to talent and get projects done. And then on the flip side, the freelancers, I mean, we paid out $6 million to freelancers last year. I had people showing me their houses, their cars, how they were able to scale their business and provide for their family. So to me, that's motivating. I, I don't want to get to the top and be the only one there. I want to get to the top and everyone gets to the top with me. So to me, that that's what I that's what motivates me. If I wake up one day and I'm tired or, or I'm not in the mood or we all have bad days, that's the kind of stuff that, that gets me going. It's less about how much money we made that day or, or anything like that. 
it's that building that that building that structure that that supports everyone that helps everyone that, that keeps becoming a, a more fine-tuned machine if that makes sense yeah i agree i think it's important to be motivated and passionate about what you do always because when you lose kind of that uh that passion you become complacent and kind of fall off a little bit and then like building you can either you know build the tallest building and knock every building down or you can obviously build the ones around you as well and it's kind of leaving a legacy for those people and they depend on you for a uh, livelihood as well exactly so what's one weakness you may have had that you turned into a strength and utilized today? I mean, managing people, I, I was never good at. <laughs> so I had this one boss and keep in mind, I've never had a real job outside of these internships. And the internship I had the most was at Firestone. And my boss at Firestone, he, he was good numbers wise in terms of getting sales for the company, but he was a terrible manager. I mean, he would yell at people, he would stress people out, he would micromanage, very unmotivating, everyone hated working for him, but that's the only manager that I learned from. That was the only way that I learned how to manage. So when I started my own Amazon business and I started hiring people for the first time, that's how I managed, that's how I thought you had to be the boss, that's how I thought you got stuff done. And it led to an environment where people hated working for me, it almost became this good cop, bad cop thing with Connor, my business partner, who's the nicest person that you've ever, you'll ever meet, and me where everyone was kind of scared of me and no one really wanted to work for me and Connor was the one motivating them and it took a lot of self-reflection to to get out of that mentality get out of that mindset learn how to be a better manager a better leader how to treat people how to build a culture how to actually motivate them and have them believe in the business and that, that took years and years and years to, to really get on the same page and even today I mean sometimes I, I I'm obviously way better but I'll, I'll I'll go back to old tendencies here and there and, and Connor will, will kind of remind me and snap me out of it because it's kind of ingrained into my head. I never had that manager who was that, that perfect manager you might read about in books. So that, that was definitely the, something that took time to get over. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, people have kind of a natural leadership, uh, you know, quality, at least some people do, but they also have to refine it. And even if you don't to uh, begin with, you can still become a great leader because obviously, like you said, there's a there's a big difference between leadership and management. And uh, obviously leadership is a lot tougher than uh, management. Exactly. And and I almost feel like you have to master becoming a manager first. I, that's kind of what I taught my team leaders is, listen, your leadership style doesn't matter if you don't know what's going on in the business, if you can't run it, if you can't pull the right strings, if you can't check on things. So let's learn how to manage first. Let's learn how to make sure the days run smooth and the operations and the systems and the process are there. And then we'll teach you how to be a leader too, so that if we give you a 10 person team, they buy into it. They're all about the vision. They're all about the company and you get 110% every day. Yep, I think uh, management is the X's and O's and obviously your team needs to feel confident that you know what you're talking about and you can obviously represent them well and lead that team well. And then the leadership, I think, is more about the relationships, keeping everyone happy, keeping kind of the ship afloat and uh, morale high. Yeah, absolutely. So what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience? So make sure you're diversifying, especially when it comes to hiring. I made a mistake back in the day of hiring one person and spending six months teaching them how to do all aspects of my business. And he was awesome. He helped me sleep better at night. I was less stressed. My business went on autopilot. And one day when I was on vacation, he quit on me. And that set my business back months. And I learned a very valuable lesson about departmentalizing and diversifying where have a few people for customer service, a few people for graphic design, a few people for order management, whatever applies to your business. And 
people are going to quit on you. People are going to get sick. Stuff's going to happen. And a lot of people that they make some bad hires and they finally find someone they like. So they load that person up with everything and they don't realize how risky that that makes your business. So if you're going to hire a full-time customer service rep in the Philippines, maybe hire two people for 20 hours a week. You don't have to go crazy and hire 10 people to answer 20 emails every day, but by diversifying, you're going to protect yourself and constantly be evaluating how, how much of your business depends on any one person with the mentality that they could leave and stop at any given time and, and make sure that your business is prepared for that. The last thing you want to do is have this amazing game plan for the year that gets thrown off by four months because you're replacing people and you, and you don't have that plan. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think in obviously the global marketplace, people, you know, take advantage as they should to opportunities. And it's very rare in terms of a, uh, you know, a traditional role or obviously a freelance role or a contract where somebody stays on with you for, you know, the duration of their career. So you have to kind of foresee people moving on or people leaving either expectedly or unexpectedly. And like you said, have that kind of plan laid out. Yeah, agreed. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, so if you go to freeup.com with three E's, my calendar's right at the top. You can book a free meeting with me, my team. Um, we have a Facebook group called Outsourcing Masters. You can join there. We post a lot of great content about using virtual assistants, freelancers, agencies. And then in addition, if you go and create an account and mention this podcast, get a $25 credit to try us out. And we look forward to helping you with all your remote hiring needs. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.